0: My spidey sense is tingling
1: A really big shoe Ladies and gentlemen, the host that if he does not intimidate you, his side shave sure as heck will. He's slim. He is the goodwill ambassador of the Paper Keg Podcast, your premiere episode number 248.
2: Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast where we talk about Rocket League and occasionally we'll talk about a comic book club Provost that we do together. Rocket three friends in between rocket league games we read the same book daredevil fall from grace and we'll read your letters live Close out the show. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, this could be the biggest show we've ever done. Can I be honest with both of you? Right I now, wish please? I
1: wish it would be as honest as humanly possible.
2: One of the biggest book clubs we've ever done regarding word count.
1: <laughs>
2: Hands down.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, we, boy, we end, have... It actually turns out, guys, we read the novelization of Fall From Grace. <laughs> And there were no pictures.
2: Oh my! We have uh, three living hosts of this show. One is deceased. God rest his soul. Uh, one one of those hosts is a writer. He closely following the election. Ted Cruz just dropped yeah. out. I don't know when this episode will post. Could be a what? month from now. Clinton and Trump could be at it in the finals when this airs. But welcome back to the show. Political insider <laughs> Jonesy loves beer.
1: Yeah, you know I did notice. Uh, I don't know if you did, Slim. Uh, that quite a few uh, local positions ran unopposed this year at our I primaries. Did see that. Yeah, uh, you know I think you and I could have our own ticket. Yeah, you know, maybe you're the uh, you know, the Roslyn ombudsman. You know, and I'll I'll take some uh, lowly state rep job. Maybe we could run this town towns. Mm. You know, unopposed Running unopposed Two slots Can you believe it?
2: I can't believe it I mean, I voted 90% of the people I voted for You know, nobody knows who they are If they're real Could be a Sideshow Bob type scandal Where he's got like fake names in there
1: And it's all him He's the mayor He's the deputy mayor Unopposed Sideshow Bob
2: I mean, you don't know what these libs These stinky libs getting into i'll try
1: anything crafty
2: <laughs> they will except final... bathing
1: they won't try that right because they no. stink.
2: final living host doesn't get political he keeps it offline same with religion nobody knows his game Dan underscore a religious insider welcome back to the show
0: it's uh, great to be back uh had a had a very unsatisfying poop right before we uh we hit record one of those kinds where you still think there's a poop up in your butt, but it, but it just won't come out. Yeah, So that's where I am tonight.
1: That's about as political as you lets it get, folks.
0: So I'm definitely not uh, running unopposed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you say poop, it sounds like there's a Y right after the first P. It's like pupe. I just can't get enough of the way you say that word. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> you, know, you know what? I love Dale. When there is a human that will, yeah, that's it exactly. (laughs) Werewolf. (laughs) I blew it. Sorry. (laughs) It's all right. That was a lame setup anyway. You really kind of saved me.
2: Oh boy. Werewolf. Werewolf. We have, uh, can I just interject for one minute? We have a huge book club this week. Daredevil, Fall From Grace. The 90s roll on for one final time before episode 249-250 mm. for uh, Uncanny X-Force by Romendo and Friends. Mm. One final time. I, how
0: are we even going to read that with all this Rocket League we're playing?
1: We're going from Fall from Grace to Amazing Grace. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Perfect.
2: Perfect. Jenzi. <laughs> you can check that line off your little notepad. <laughs> you got that one done.
1: Get my diary out.
2: Well, uh, I'm just saying we had a great run in the 90s. Yeah. you know, I don't know if we have plans to keep it up after two fifty. These days were flying by the seat of our pants. It was a miracle that Dale was able to finish reading in time for this recording. This is a blessing, you know, that we were able to experience this together on a Tuesday night. I
0: wiped as best I could just to get make it to showtime.
2: You probably, you know, probably took a half day at work, sat in your car, who knows? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Are you guys gonna see Cap uh, three Thursday night? Tell oh plan yeah. Is. Or
1: we're gonna cap a kick it and it's A. <laughs> That's how excited we are. <laughs> That's right. Like uh
0: like that Eddie guy from Tekken. Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thursday night, which is uh last night, will be the earliest if any of you guys listen to this. Uh so we will be there. Uh Jonesy, I will forge you the t the theater info uh later this Drop week. Drop me a pin. It's gonna be a, a great time. Matt, obviously, was already on the red carpet at the premiere, so he's seen it. He's just keeping it uh, Twitter dark for now. You know, it's funny, Kazam
1: kind of live tweeted it that he and Evans were sitting next to each other and Evans would kind of whisper into Slim's ear about funny anecdotes on different, you know, like stunt scenes, like, hey, I did that
2: in a harness. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And Slim was like, oh, yeah, Chris, yeah, yeah, let me stroke your beard a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna get yours too with my other hand. Yeah, 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 yeah recalling I mean, like
2: long nights we'd have at his loft in Manhattan or some such. He calls it a flat
1: because he's, you know, he's traveled the world. So he calls it a flat, even though he's, you know, American made. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good stuff.
0: He probably talked you into orange theory classes.
1: You yeah. know, that's fine.
0: He's a better friend.
2: <laughs> he's, he's fit as a fiddle that Chris Evans. He's probably got not an ounce of body fat. A he's made of muscle. God, probably works, works out four hours a
1: day. Mm paid to do it when you get paid X a million dollars and you don't have to go to a job. I would be chiseled too. I would think hopefully.
2: I'm happy to say that I think I'm, the last trailer or anything I've seen for Civil War is that uh, Spidey reveal trailer that came out at Super Bowl. Is that when that
0: came out? Yeah, same here. Yeah, I want to say yeah. I uh, and it, it's just I mean this could this argument this debate could go on every day. It probably does. We've probably talked about it before, but just the amount of clickbait teaser pictures that get the headlines given stuff away on Twitter. like i'm ready to just quit it's just so frustrating hmm. you know i know
2: what kind of headlines are you seeing can you redact any of them so that we don't we're not spoiled are you seeing these on the news the ramas the well, there's a, a, a not Cool Firm, not, just Comics Alliance? I can't
0: recall anything about Cap, but there was more images of Spider-Man, like still images, but it's implicating, like if you click on this link, you can see the, the movie where this image exists inside of with new Spider-Man footage.
2: Yeah, I think The Verge had like uh, a tweet with Spider-Man in the image maybe a minute after that trailer came out. So like if you were in your Twitter feed, yeah, It was game over for you. Yeah, you you yeah. were done, though.
0: And just recently, there's, you know, obviously, 24 hours after the fact, there is definite Game of Thrones spoiler headlines oh, out yeah. there. Mm. Oh, out of yeah. control. I mean, it's, it's
1: killer. They don't even uh, leave it to the imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, long-term friends of the show just tweeting hashtags. Oh, yeah. You know, hmm.
2: Oh so so was it spoiled for your, for either one of you or was it I, near spoiled I will
1: say at the 40 minute mark you know I was 20 minutes behind I was watching on a DVR and a friend hashtagged a very vague but not vague spoiler containing a character's name Chancy. and it Let's... let me pondering like well I guess this character is going to be important in the last 5 minutes you know what I mean and there's only one thing he could be important for right so, let's
2: play let's play social media devil's advocate. What were you doing on Twitter while Game of Thrones was being broadcast, Junzi?
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. I am I am taking the onus on me. I should have clicked the phone off, focused my attention on the episode, instead of scrolling through my timeline during, you know, a scene where maybe some characters were being eaten alive by dogs. You know? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. my own fault. It's my own fault. And to be fair, uh,
0: you know, I waited until my viewing real time was done before I texted Jonesy the phrase, F me,
1: and Jonesy yeah. was still 20 yeah. minutes behind. But that's and all I said. Dale did the right thing. He did, you know, he he tested the waters, and then right. he patiently waited until I texted him probably something like... Oh my God! F f f f f f f f f f f. Is that just? Like that. Could
2: I like text you guys around viewing time, and and it could be assumed that I'm actually watching this show by saying F? Me. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is that is the highest brow
1: exchange that goes on between us. Yeah, minutes after an episode finishes.
0: F f f f f
1: f.
2: You know, Jonesy, people were asking me. What's that, Slim? What kind of uh, protein I eat after my Orange Fitness class? Yeah,
1: it was me who asked you that. So people are
2: actually asking you. (laughs) You were asking me. You know, we have we had we uh, allowed you into our g chats this week, Jonesy. You were taking part in some conversations between Dan and myself,
1: which is strange. And you guys sometimes you get given the invitation that expires at some point. Mm. So if I don't. Type in a character by x amount of time and it'll you'll just disappear. Right, it's right. like Snapchat, but for, it's like Snap no. G Chat. Snap G Chat. Snap G sounds accurate. G Snap.
2: Now you, uh, you're going through your your karate, your mm-hmm. your Tai Chi, your your you can't even fit into your large pants anymore. They're like, or have you given them to goodwill yet? What's the status?
1: I did. Okay. So I was wearing 46 inch jeans for most of the last year. And then, uh, my wife finally had enough of my homemade junko jeans. And (laughs) i I found that I could very easily squeeze into a 38, but 40 just felt a little more comfortable. So it's around six inches on the waist. Uh, since I started taking kung fu almost three months ago, F F F and I'm going through a a weird, super weird phase where I'm fluctuating very low and then going up very high. And you know, some people in class are like, "It's probably you're in a weird phase where you're both building muscle and shredding fat." But I'm at the point now where my diet is so controlled that I think I'm eating. I'm not eating enough and I'm running out of steam like very early on. So I do 14 miles at work walking. So uh, let me break down my day. So I start up with chiung in the morning, about 20 minutes to kind of get myself loose. Then I usually go right into my punching drills and that's about 40 minutes to an hour. Usually with the baby, it's about 40 minutes cause he's up. He hears, you know, they hear me downstairs and they kind of start waking up and then I go right into work, and work is, you know, between 120 to 140 thousand steps, plus all the stuff I'm not wearing my watch or my phone for, so that workout doesn't, you know, that is, the workout and step counts don't figure into that. And then when I get home, it's usually whatever I want for dinner. But the nights I have class, you know, they're two, two and a half hours. About an hour in, I just don't have any juice to go. And their suggestion was since I'm probably eating between 1,100 and 1,400 calories a day, that I should supplement with a some kind of protein shake. Mm-hmm. Somebody it's something like gold, it's gold vitamin, uh, liquid stuff I can buy, but it's like $55 a month my for a God. daily shot. It's like B12 protein and something else. So you know, my question was to the listening audience who maybe already supplements with protein shakes or whatever. What's the beginner's, you know, what do I, where do I start? I have no idea. And you, you try to Google it, forget it. It's Bill Johnson's whey powder ads popping up in your, in your feed, or, or like, you, you click one link, and it sends you to the app store to buy Candy Crush. It's like, you know, there, there's no hope for me trying whey, to find out. Whey protein crush? Yeah. Whey, <laughs> <laughs> whey whackers. Whey like,
2: I see whey protein bars. More often than not, now I feel like those are getting popular, like peanut butter, chocolate, protein bars. Yeah, the
1: only problem is it's like uh, whey itself is you know calories, but if you add chocolate and all this stuff, it's like a 400 calorie snack. And that just I can't see myself making a lot of more progress if I add 400 calories a day to my diet when I've got it down to so little to begin with.
0: Mm. But you, but you have no energy, Jones. You don't, you're not eating That's enough. That's the problem. So I
1: don't, Didn't you I mean, say
2: you were on some kind of like water diet Monday through Friday? So kind of faux diet? When I,
1: when I wake up in the morning, uh, I generally just drink water until work. And then f- mm. for my main meal during the day, it's usually, sometimes it's just steamed broccoli. Sometimes it's like wild rice with like carrot cut up. Uh, one gala apple. And then I, to make sure I have fiber because I'm a little fiber deficient. I will have like a fiber one fiber brownie, which is about 90 calories, but it's like 33% of your daily fiber in that bar. So it's about between the time I get up to the time I get home, it's anywhere between 350 and 500 calories that I eat. Terrible. And then I have kind of whatever I have for dinner and, you know, typical dinner meal, my wife cooks very healthy, a lot of Weight Watchers meals. It's probably 600 calories. So I guess, my, my guess of it is I'm between 900 and 1100 a day, if I had to guess accurately. That sounds
2: like nothing. I don't understand. It sounds like maybe not enough. Well, it
1: doesn't. Right? Like you're they they not, not
2: feeding your metabolism. I think maybe, do you have a nutritionist? Maybe it's time to put some money into a
1: nutritionist. Maybe. I mean- I did it all by myself using the theory of making yourself a calorie deficit to burn fat. So isn't
2: that what I read in that uh, New York Times article that like all those people that were on the biggest loser started like a calorie deficit of like 3500 and then worked out for like 5 hours and then they, that was just a break even?
1: Well, from what I understand 3000 or 3500 calories is 1 pound of fat. So if I do the just continue my normal activity and create the deficit, it's around a pound and a half a week that I lose. And I have been losing that consistently since I started last January. So it's, if you think 340 pounds two Thanksgivings ago was the starting point, now I fluctuate between 248 and 255. It's almost 100 pounds in a year and a half, which is kind of the speed you should go if you don't want to have a ton of excess skin. And that's my goal is to keep taut while I'm losing so I don't have all the medical problems that come with having all this extra skin and being really thin, but then having all this other problems compounded with losing the weight. So hopefully we have a few
2: nutritionists uh, listening to the podcast. They're going to reach out to letters at papercake.com, get Jonesy on some kind of payment plan, <laughs> and we'll get another checkup. I'll square uh, you. And you know? if you'll get some square cash, just a reminder, fall from grace.
1: Around the corner. Around You the talk about Jonesy's fall from
2: weight sizes. Maybe it's time we get into Daredevil fall from grace.
1: Uh, so for those keeping track, this goes into our 90s retro genre. If you're at a particular spinner rack, uh, in a particular part a lot of Wilmington, air Delaware. F Y I, that's actually part of my cardio. It's just this motion over <laughs> and over again. Um, so, Daredevil, we love the guy, right? Sure. Uh, we always see him going through these strange transitional phases in his life. Uh, the main point of the story is that many people are trying to get the hand their hands on something called the About Face virus, and it's a uh, kind of like a relic of the 1960s government spook era uh you know a psychic uh, donated her genetic material to kind of make these thought bombs and in the 60s they experimented on american people by releasing these thought bombs into the subway one of course gets away there's there's a remnant left and it becomes something of like an underground legend uh, this about-face virus and what it can do is, uh, and I'll use a character from the storyline. If you're Venom, right, and uh, Venom has weaknesses to uh, against sound and fire, if Venom were to imbibe the about-face virus through sheer will, he could change his DNA to the point where he could eradicate those two weaknesses, and he could be essentially unbeatable. So many different factions are now vying uh, to get this virus. There's the original owner, who uh, has kind of developed a hand offshoot um, to pursue it. There's the hand themselves. uh, There's Venom. There's Morbius, the living vampire. And a demon, they call him Hellspawn in the book, who is the product of daredevil's blood and an old enemy's animosity against him and they kind of bring forth this formless demon from the void and this demon is going to use the about face virus to become a person so that isn't an, an, a hell of a setup for a, a wordy book i don't know what what is so daredevil he's trying to get his life back together as he always is perpetually uh he gets into a fight with one of the groups going after the Balface virus and tears his costume to shreds. He Googles uh, advanced materials, which I think is actually a thing on that panel, and I guess they ship him some goodies, and he develops his samurai armor uh, for the first time. So it's the gray and red armor with the billy clubs and the forearms that kind of everybody was getting in the 90s. Everybody was getting armor at some point, so this is Daredevil's version. And he is basically spiraling his way through these people trying to get the about face virus. But his real motivator is not so much uh, the virus itself, but people are attacking both telepathically and physically the bums of New York uh, because the person who has access to the virus is a bum. So in classic street-level form, Daredevil is kind of like being their advocate. And at the same time, someone has uh, raised Elektra from the grave. So there's all these personal uh, motivators for Daredevil to get this virus out of the the wrong hands. And then at one of the scariest, weirdest climaxes in a Daredevil story... Uh, he allows Hellspawn to have the virus, and then because he is now human and weak, Daredevil kills him and uses his corpse to fake his own death so that he can travel the world as some kind of ronin, uh, being just Daredevil and no longer Matt Murdock. I don't know who exactly fell from grace, where they were falling from, uh is the grace actually lost? But once again, Karen Page's heart is broken, and the pages of Daredevil—probably uh, the most long-winded uh, synopsis I've had in a while. So, that wet my whistle.
0: <laughs> Karen Page, so broken up, she's going to need to chase that dragon a little bit.
2: Oh, I think she was not was was the main Daredevil story before this when she was addicted to heroin. I think she's clean in this oh, one. Right? No. Yeah, she's. Yeah, this is right.
1: after uh, born again. So this is only this is one of the many times that Daredevil's identity has been revealed. Shocker, and then somehow he's able to put the genie back in the bottle. I mean, and then Karen Page is not his girlfriend. There was a lot going on. Mm,
2: have mercy! In there was a lot of like a B plots in this book. And ben C and Uric.
1: D and E and F and G.
2: Yeah, yeah. And a lot of words. I I mean, you guys, you two were joking in the G chats about the, you know, we got the patented Gen Z uh, precursor teaser opinion on the amount of words. <laughs> he, he likes to drop at least one nugget. Yeah. Opinion spoiler. <laughs> to
0: prove that he's read it like two days before we like,
2: Ha ha, I'm done. You dummies, you <laughs> crumb bums. A lot of words. A <laughs> um, lot of words. This, I mean, I was unfamiliar with the writer of this book. Was H.G. Chichester? D.G. D.G. I apologize, D.G. Chichester. And it felt like, a, like Marvel recently is like known for hiring novelists to write comics. Like this felt like they had hired a novelist to write this book. There was so much mm-hmm. dialogue, exposition, everything.
0: And the, I mean, it's just like the exposition was so much, but it didn't accomplish anything. Because in the end, you still had a six-issue arc with some crazy B-plots, but you almost got, there was so much exposition that you kind of got confused and lost. Like, thank goodness for the uh, introduction pages that I feel like we're the only things that told the story because once you started getting to the meat of each book, you completely lost what the story, the goal of the story was because it took forever for the
1: goal for this goal for the end of the story to happen. It felt. Like. I feel like you could take out every word balloon, and I could have just looked at the art. For five. Years. I thought the art was phenomenal. Mm. I thought the this the covers, the breakdowns. Uh, You know, the paneling, the splash pages, this book. Scott McDaniel. Oh my God, gorgeous to look at. There was not a single bad character. Like, you know, how sometimes they cheat and you get a smudgy character in, in books like this. Not mm-hmm. once did he fake it or, or dial it in. Just fantastic to look at. And I got upset several times where I was trying to look at the art and these word bubbles were just in the way. Yeah, I feel it actually
2: was made it kind of hard to read because they had to place so much text onto the page that it was actually hard for me as the reader to see which direction to go in to see which which like thought bubble or exposition. Uh, rectangle to read next.
0: Yeah, that's that, and that was my criticism. Like the beginning, the first half of the arc, I was like, "Wow, these are these panel layouts are really adventurous, and I kind of like what they're doing. Kind of like a Swamp Thing vibe, at least in the prologue issue with the uh, creativity of the panels." But like you, like once you peppered in all the all the word bubbles, you you get lost in the reading order of how you're exactly you're supposed to do it because every panel layout is different. And they're all creative in a sense that you don't know if you're supposed to read left to right or up to down first.
2: How about the Venom issue? The Venom fight issue had some interesting panel layouts. It was all almost like full page spreads, but with like angled boxes with the art kind of jumping out of it. I thought that was very interesting. But, Mm -hmm. Chunzi, you had, I think you said you read this before. So, how did you. Uh, view that your second go around Daredevil is obviously it your number one character not, in your heart.
1: Did not hold up, it did not hold up. Okay. And, and I had bought this book in single issues at like the height of my find it on eBay and just bring it home so I can read it and never look at it again once it's bagged and boarded. So, like, I have all these issues. Um, you know, I love the covers. And they were in that cover flow binder I had as a kid. So like, like these mean to me. Like tactile to touch them meant a lot to me. But to go back and read the story now as an older, more mature reader, like the faults jump out. Like the way they get Venom out of the race for this virus is basically Daredevil talks him out of it. He's like, yeah. you know, you know, Venom, you're the sum of your faults, and your faults make you a hero. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, in no world, wherever, could Daredevil just be like, come on, chum, you want to <laughs> have those problems. Go back, you know, get back in there, kid, and save the world. Kid. Like, that doesn't, t- that doesn't even track with the theme of the rest of this story. Yeah. It also
2: happened in, like, two sentences. Yeah. They should they have they cut out five pages of fight with Venom and maybe made a full page mm-hmm. of Daredevil making a speech to Venom. Tricking him into not wanting the virus,
1: and there was so oh god, damn, and sorry. it was it
0: was just so weird because out of all the players, like if he was maybe if he systematically took everybody down before they even got to the subway to look for the vial, but it was just like everybody, it's like the movie Rat Race or something where everybody's headed to this vial. He just happens to take venom out randomly, but everybody like so it's almost like it was clever, but. It 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 almost is like you still got this huge problem on your hands. You're tr- I guess you're I guess you're trying to stop everybody from finding this vial, or
1: like was that his ultimate goal? I mean there there's so there's so many times in this book where you seesaw between yeah five people going for one vial. This is a, this could be a great story. And then it never fulfills on that premise. It's too busy. The, book, the, the books are too busy. Even with the word count, the story is just too busy. I mean, you have the opportunity. You're going to give Daredevil a samurai costume. He's basically a ronin trained by Stick. You, know, you could have made the costume something that Stick gave him, and it could have been something emotional. You know, He comes to Stick and tatters looking for Elektra, you know, sticks like I had this made for you. You know what I mean? Instead, he Googles something on the internet to get a costume that this is the big arc where he changes his costume, right? Every other hero gets a big four issue story where they have this new look. It's literally a throwaway half page.
2: Yeah. And maybe not even a uh, maybe yeah. like an eight. Maybe three of panels. Page. Like yeah. if you don't see him Googling like the company name or sending an email. You're like yeah, You yeah. don't know what's going on because that's it. Mm-hmm. And the idea that Daredevil would need a updated costume after many years of being Daredevil is a little too much to to bear. Like, it, oh, his, this is the one time his costume's in tatters, and he realizes it, that he needs something more. Yeah, like, who's he fighting know,
0: all of a sudden? That's tearing his sh- costume to shreds. He could do that every issue. Somebody could
1: tear his costume to shreds. I know. I want to feel like in continuity most of his costumes are either made by Melvin Potter, who's generally considered to be the costume guy of the Marvel U, or I think he's got like a dense molecular fabric from Reed Richards for his suit. It's mm-hmm. one or the other. So he's already got the best thing that he can get. So why would he need armor when the character is based on agility, martial arts, and speed? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense that he's gonna get this, not only this, armor but then he's going to put white armor pads studded on top of the armor i mean i get it's the 90s and this is the look but it just doesn't like gel with the core of how the character moves through this universe in my opinion it looks great i think i had the action figure and the action figure looked amazing but you know like i said now as a mature reader it just doesn't like track it's an
0: and the fact that, I don't, like, I st- I'm still trying to work out what Daredevil's ultimate goal was, because obviously Kenko, General Major Kenko, the disavowed military officer who originally lost the vial, is now the snake root. Is trying to look for the vial, but then all these other randos like get wind of the vial. Like you could have Snake Root trying to find it the whole time. And why have Morbius jump in? Why have uh, you know the cyborg John
1: Gallagher? I I feel like DJ Chichester probably went to Marvel, and you know like this is his big break, and he basically goes, "Who can I play with? What Marvel characters are free right now?" That I can have.
2: Maybe there was a Venom series and Morbius series launching within
0: like six months. I mean, right, and they're like, issues. you can have
1: this person, this person, yeah. this person. And he's like, great, I'm gonna add it all. How
0: about, doc- real quick,
1: Dr. Michael
0: Morbius, the living vampire, how about he has an office and a laboratory at St. Jude's Hospital? <laughs> <laughs> Pay for by whom? They let him? They just let him? I, Hope, I hoping he doesn't suck the, f- suck the blood of an unwilling patient? <laughs> I mean, That's I, where I'm they I think that he are had a
2: series. It. I think he had a series. They even referenced his, like, dark period, which was gone, because they yeah. made him out to be, like, a good guy that had some bad
0: times.
1: Yeah, I remember and, how like, annoying he was That in must Spider-Man have been his show. alter
2: ego, being, like, a doctor with that, that little lab coat or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: He's like, yeah. I feel smarter when I put this lab coat on. I can work out your human. problems.
2: But, man, he's creepy. Why would anyone read an ongoing of Morbius ever? Like, Garbage just doesn't make any sense. So hard to
0: justify. Like so, he sucks the blood of criminals. Yeah, but like a constant exposition of his is he craves blood. He's living, but he needs the blood. He needs to feed. What, like
2: that's everything. What was the verb? What was the verb that they used about Morbius when he was like craving? It, it was like vesting, or oh
1: was, no, something I don't weird. know.
2: Weird. I don't. I don't understand it. But before I get to my overall thought, there was one other thing that I felt like didn't work out was. I felt like after every issue, I missed an issue. Like, there was something happening yeah. that the last issue didn't end on. Like, Morbius was definitely not in the Daredevil series until, like, page one of one issue, and they were already doing battle.
1: Right, yeah. well, the the big problem with the continuity of this run is that they'll cut to a scene where, like, Murdoch is confronting Ben York. Or Murdoch is trying to patch things up with Karen Page and smash cut immediately to him and Electra taking on somebody. And you're like, so is this happening congruently? Am I looking at a flashback or a flash forward? Or did Daredevil really stop for coffee yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, immediately yeah. jump back on the rooftops to go, like, so I don't know. I, and I wonder if. And the and wh- writer, is this, was this his first comic experience?
0: And was that, I had that same question when there was that big talk at the end between Matt and Karen Page about how they were like kind of getting back together Mm -hmm. and he like took the love letter out of the garbage and taped it back together or something. I didn't know when that took place. Like, did that take place like right before his funeral or was this years ago? I don't know.
2: The Shockingly, I I enjoyed Fall from Grace. I really liked it, even despite Mm -hmm. all its faults. And I was so surprised that from the onset they went back to the Garrett character from Electra Assassin, the crazy Frank Miller Sinkevich Marvel graphic novel. But like, I mean,
1: it was clear that this was his homage to Born Again it, or Frank Miller I, in general.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if it was Born or if it was just let me try my R-rated Daredevil maybe. And it felt like an HBO Daredevil. And it was very un-90s to me. Like, there wasn't the crap that we saw in Spider-Man Maximum Carnage. This didn't feel dated when I read it. It didn't feel like of the 90s. Outside of the costume stuff, which happened out of nowhere and all this other stuff. But I actually really enjoyed it. I loved the... From... Electra Assassin I love the Garrett kind of psychosis from being a cyborg ever since RoboCop and RoboCop 2 that idea has always fascinated me of someone turning into a cyborg and essentially becoming psychotic and you know not realizing they're a cyborg etc so that was at play here and not only that but someone who is a telepath that was hired by the government to do terrible things and then he eventually goes on the run and his his own psychosis causes homeless people to lose their minds with his telepathic powers and i really like that that kind of idea that this guy was on the run mm-hmm. because his powers were so crazy and i i really like that I, I thought that was a really cool plot and reminded me of the wacky craziness of electro assassin and i thought that that worked pretty well
1: the parts that connected with me were definitely the the, the true when Matt Murdoch truly shines in this book and there are some great Matt Murdoch moments when like when he is on the trail of um all these bombs that are kind of getting a raw deal and people are like, Well aren't you interested in why? He's like, No, that my my place is to stop it. Like no one fights with these people and that's what I do. And that's a very Matt Matt Murry, You know, is to is to help the helpless. And there are, there's some great foggy and matte moments which are kind of like the backbone of that book in general. They're avocados. Um, They're avocados at law. I mean, if I see one more tweet saying that, I might smash my phone. But anyhow, get that, long time listener of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I mean, I I mean, I like Fall from Grace. It's got a special place in my heart. Uh, I feel like I just Scott Snydered it, Slim, because like you, I take something I like and I pick it apart. Uh, But, I mean, there's so many cool elements here. Daredevil taking on the occult is something that's so hard to get right, and I feel like the Hellspawn character was gotten right. Like, I feel that worked. You know, the costume. I could not... Couldn't get your head around it?
0: There's only... There's only maybe room. Yeah, there's only room for maybe one one person with that accent in the Marvel Universe. Maybe one, and that's Remy <laughs> LeBeau. Anybody else? I just assume it's a gambit with big long long horns.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and you know, there's always an element to like 1970s martial art films to Daredevil, especially especially after Frank Miller's influence. And it was just kind of cool to see all these kind of crazy characters that you would in any other title you would think were lame, but here it just makes sense. And uh, I don't know, kind of it, it was very daredevil. It was this whole book was extremely daredevil and didn't stray from the source material, and you can really appreciate that if you're Matt, a longtime he, fan of the, the character.
2: Yeah, Matt Murdock f- was really a secondary character in this book. You didn't get into his head at all. And even having said that, some of my favorite scenes were of him and Foggy, like Foggy confronting him, telling him to start paying attention to his law practice and that these people matter and that you're not mm. devoting enough attention. And I guess at this point, I think Foggy knew, but they weren't openly discussing it. And Matt like wouldn't really open up to him and tell him why or what what kind of... Story arc he was having as Daredevil right now that was so important, and it was very like dark. Like I'm trying to, I was trying to put myself in Murdoch's shoes at that point, where and there's a homeless guy with telepathic powers that has been so effed with that his lover that he met while they were being tortured, you know, using their telepathic powers. Like I need to, I'm, I'm trying to worry about this guy that I'm trying to help, Foggy, this homeless vagrant that caused so many people to to like destroy their bodies and he needs a lot of help and I need to help him foggy so get the f out I'm kind of I'm kind of under a lot of stress right now
1: but there was a line where Fog, where Matt's like I will get to those briefs when I can get to it and Foggy's like they were due 4 days ago they're already done and you're like ooh you know you do have to keep the lights on Matt you know what I mean q uh foggy
0: lingering in Matt's house for 9 to 10 hours drilling him about it Making him feel like S.
2: God, one of the worst episodes I've ever seen in television. That map, that scene, that episode. Get out of here. Awful.
0: I um, I, I liked the comic book-esque concept of it, but my eyes went so crossed trying to follow everything that I couldn't like it. I, I did, you brought up John Garrett, uh, Slim. I just pined for Elektra Assassin... And the super wackiness of that, whenever, like you would see half of John Garrett's kind of head with his like twinkly mm-hmm. eye and stuff, it just made me want to look through the art of Electra Assassin again more than anything. Like I, because mi- it was such a crazy concept and it worked so well in Electra Assassin. But this, between everything else that was going on, I, I, I just, uh, I couldn't kind of keep up. I was going cross-eyed.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm wondering how many people that maybe listen have actually read Electra Assassin because it's a rare find. I think it's available digitally now, but this this would be like someone's PG version of Electra Assassin or like '90s version of Electra Assassin. Yeah, and it had some cool elements in it. Like Robocop Two was kind of had some funky stuff in it. Like, maybe this is the Robocop 2 of Daredevil Electra. Robocop
1: 2, the one where he had the jetpack. Or was that Robocop 3? No, yeah, that was
2: a 3 or 4. Hmm.
0: I really, this book made me really want to read a Daredevil Electra story where they shared, like, love and bonding. Because I don't think I've ever read anything. I just know that they were together at a certain point and Neither loved each by. other.
1: Ultimate Daredevil and Electra kind of tackled that, the untold story. But it's the ultimate universe, so take that for mm-hmm. what it is.
2: What was the flashback of them? Well, one issue like showed a flashback of them in college, and then a kidnapping gone wrong, where like someone died because they tried to intervene. Jonesy, do you know what that was? I
1: feel like that was telling the story of her father. So like they met in, at Columbia University. Uh, maybe they failed a failed, kidnapped attempt on her and her father paid the price cuz her dad is like a greek magnate he's like a uh, but he's in with the wrong people so i feel like when her father dies she, he kind of reaches out for her to be like hey we can get away from all this and then she decides she's going to be an assassin based mm. on that the
2: uh, the covers to this run were pure magic uh, that's like one of the main reasons I want to read it because I saw the Scott McDaniel covers. Even like some of the art pieces, like the um, the ads for Fall from Grace that I saw mm. like while Googling, just dynamically drawn, perfect with the costume. Like the costume felt normal to me in this book, the way he drew it. It didn't feel like a 90s cash grab Yeah, in the, I, in the book.
1: I will say McDaniel is probably the only one to get the costume right, in my opinion, because when it appears... I mean, I think the Clone Saga was going on at this time, and Daredevil uh, like appears a lot in Spider-Man's books as a supporting character. And I always remember like kind of giving it a, a triple take whenever I saw Daredevil on panel because I think McDaniel designed the costume. In my opinion, was the only one to get it right hmm. because kind of it's kind of like
2: how Jim Lee redesigned a lot of costumes for New Fifty Two. And they look cool with when he drew them, but like
1: exactly when other
2: people drew them, it just it you know, wasn't worth
1: it. That's the perfect comparison because there's parts of the costume where you know there's like red highlights like on his abdomen, and then like stripes on his back. And I've seen it mutate in other books where the stripes aren't even, Or they're on different parts of the body or the the kind of silvery, like pads, like samurai like like mounting mm. pads on his arms and legs aren't the right shape or in the right position and when you have that much going on in a costume the inconsistency can be maddening you know i mean if you're trying to keep track of both the character and the paneling and the story and, the, and it keeps just bugging you and taking you out of it
2: very mixed reaction to fall from grace mm-hmm. tell you what
1: yeah one
0: for the uh one for the ages 90s fall from grace
2: after the show, Dale will reveal that he only read 75% oh my of-
1: God! <laughs> my God! My God! My God,
0: you're right, Slim. What do you think I was doing while trying to uh, push that extra poop out?
1: We got your <laughs> letters. Poop, It was woof pupe. Farrington's gonna read them <laughs> to you
2: letters at paperkegg.com if you're a nutritionist or if you just want to shoot us a letter to have read on the era do it
1: yeah if you're a nutritionist please help me uh i'm in need of nutritional help i need a plan uh our first letter uh entitled keep the 90s truckin hey gents i've been loving your skip through the 90s these past few shows keep it up I missed out on reading these great comic book events because I was too busy only reading Jeff Smith's Bone, which I'll still have to finish reading. Anywho, if you decide to continue the visit to the second greatest decade of all time, i.e. the 90s, how about taking a stab at the ultimate crossover of crossovers, the Amalgamverse, aka mm. Marvel Verse DC, aka mm-hmm. Slim Loves Dark Lord. Uh I just made that up. That wasn't in the letter. Uh we'll love to hear what you think. That's from Lumberjack Nick, longtime friend of the show, but not the one hashtagging Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh PS thanks Dale for giving my Sketch Wars project a shout out last time I wrote in.
0: Absolutely, Lumberjack Nick. You uh you got a little something you're
1: doing. we would like to promote that stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I thought he, we did an amalgam comic before. No, no? I don't think so. Uh, we definitely did JLA versus Avengers, but we didn't do a full Amalgam. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, is
2: there an Amalgam? Oh, no, it's like... oh, I guess I forgot that there was like a Marvel versus DC that started Amalgam, like miniseries. Maybe. I think we never did it because it was hard
1: to find. It wasn't digital, I think. I do remember one of my first uh, times I was turned off at a comic book shop is when I incorrectly incorrectly pronounced it uh, um, Amalgam
2: i used to say that
1: (laughs) and some and somebody went it's amalgam i was like oh okay thanks and then under my breath i was like fo
2: and you're like i can't wait for digital comics to come in 20 20 years so i can not ever come into the store ever again
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah, pretty much i had i had a prophetic dream right there in uh, (laughs) a comic it's probably uh claude's comics claude's comics Uh, he writes a postscript uh post postscript in in another email he writes literally hit send on my last email, and got it on Twitter, and found out that a direct sequel to Bone is hitting the shelves this July. Time to catch up, boys. X dash D, whatever that means. That's uh that's like a smiley emoji with oh. eyes clenched. Big. Boy. Well, now I just revealed how not with it I am personally. I would I, love
2: to. Do, I would love to do that one. I don't know about you guys. Yeah,
1: yeah put it fun. put it on there. Dark Claw. I remember Dark Claw reminded me a lot of Batman Adventures. Dark Claw Adventures, maybe it was called. Okay. I don't know. Spider Boy. Next up is uh,
0: from Scott. Not sure who that is. Uh, I think that's Irrational Beers. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, you might be right. Um, Sunday morning, 4 a.m. I wake up 4 a.m. I wake up and am pleasantly surprised by the latest offering from the Paper Keg Radio Syndicate downloading on my phone. 4.15 a.m., get in my car and start my 45-minute commute to work as I begin listening to Paper Keg episode Superman, The Return of Superman. No coffee yet, no breakfast. Strictly me, you guys, and the road. 5 a.m., I pull into my work, look at my phone. I believe I succumbed to some sort of fever dream. Not knowing what I had just listened to, I paused the show, going to work, drink two cups of coffee, and re-listen to the show. Okay, I'm not saying the inc- incoherent ramblings that occurred weren't entertaining in every way, shape, or form. How about a heads up? Between a wide-collared shirt with images of flash dance popping in my head, <laughs> Rocket League highlights, a Top Gun tangent, voting etiquette, mass genocide, and the GD-thundered paradise theme, I thought I was tripping bees. Keep up the good work. Listener Lightning Round, going through boxes, I came across the McFarlane run of Spider-Man, issues 8 through 12, titled Perceptions. Spider-Man and Wolverine team up to investigate the gruesome murder of several children in the Great White North, with Wendigo as the prime suspect. Why are you still reading this AS9 letter? Buy it now. Oh, and of course, it's available on hardcover. Sent from my iPhone. That's Scott. Who we think is irrational beers, but his email did not indicate as such. So I don't. I, you
1: might yeah, be right. Was strange. I I'm, think it's irrational beers. I could be wrong. I know. Yeah. Did, I we, know. Do that, did
2: we do that? Do we do that Spider Man one on the show? I feel like we might have, or I brought it up before.
1: I think you brought it up, but I would. I, I think we should put it on the doc. Right, McFarlane Spider Man guest starring Wolverine. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I uh, mean, There was gen-
2: mass genocide. Mass Genocide talked about on the show last week. I, yeah, that was... Not enough people are
1: talking I mean, about that, would s- I feel, that would trip anybody out, you know. I feel like this letter is like illustrates our show very well. Come for the uh, <laughs> inane ramblings, but stay for the book club,
0: yeah. you know? <laughs> stay for the Thunder in Paradise theme song, and then you can turn it off. Oh, yeah.
1: Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> uh, All right. Hey-o! Uh, hey yo. All right, our next letter. Uh, loving the show. This is the subject a subject line? Can't talk today. Uh, hey fellas, I, I only recently found your show, and I've been trying to catch up on all the amazingness that is Paper Keg. Actually, Dale, it was an old friend of yours that referred to the me to the show, Jim Bishop. Uh, so Hold he's got it, he's stuck he's stalking you hard, babe. Uh, I've been listening whenever I get a chance, and I love what you guys do. I've been trying to work my way through the massive backlog of episodes, which still amazes me. Uh, I can't believe I haven't found you guys until now. Anywho, if you guys like the 80s, I have two suggestions for you. A little book called Sex Castle, and I'll stop the letter right there. That's the most amazing sounding book I've ever heard of, (laughs) uh, by Kyle Starks from Image Comics. It's a nonstop 80s style action that will strike you right in the nostalgia bone. The characters come right out of every 80s action movie and TV show ever made. Even the humor is right out of the 80s. Sex Castle. Uh, The other suggestion is a movie called Turbo Kid. I stumbled on this movie through Netflix and was not disappointed. After the first 30 seconds, I thought to myself, is this an 80s movie that I just never heard of before and it's remastered? I had to look it up on IMDb only to find that it is a Canadian film made in 2015. That's it. I was hooked. Uh, basically, it was an 80s style movie set in post-apocalyptic 1997 with bike chases, blood guts, a comic book hero, and a super powered Nintendo power glove. Hmm. What more is there to say? If you guys haven't seen it, take my word. It's worth it. Keep up the good work, fellows. You're doing uh, the world of service. Uh, postscript, sex castle, sex castle, sex castle, sex castle. <laughs> I, I made up that postscript, but it is sex castle. Sound sounded level. super fake. <laughs> show writer
0: well thanks for uh, writing in Justin that's awesome that uh, Jim B I'm just going to say Jim B Jonesy already told you his even, whole name the was name he, <laughs> he might have yeah. peppered in his social security number in, in that letter there you have <laughs> wasn't to sure to that, that
2: was a, wasn't sure if that was a DM that Jonesy decided to read <laughs> on the air right. and he would, did, may or may not have had permission He's to read on the air
1: probably from New Jersey so his SS starts with the 168 you know
2: well, Jonesy throwing out his uh, social security knowledge now. gonna look out.
0: That's what a f- strange feather in my cap. That's absolutely not true, though. So, uh, Yeah, I know. I, I admit. It's, uh, it's all fabricated. <laughs> That's
2: classic Jonesy throw out
0: something that could be a fact, Nobody. he just throws it out, so it's from Jonesy, so that
2: means it's not true. As long as it's no, not
1: questioned, it's a uh, fact. Sometimes I remember facts that are through the looking glass of my terrible memory that I think are true, like I'm confident that they are, and are 180 degrees from being accurate.
0: (laughs) Uh, Next up is uh, from a recent friend of the show, Troy to the Max, and his uh, Review Review podcast, uh, and another one. I'm sorry, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas, your (laughs) latest book clubs with the death and return of Superman has me frothing at the dong to pick up the death and return oh, of word. Superman Omnibus DC has semi-recently released.
1: <laughs> from what I have
0: always heard from the event, was never all that positive. you changed my mind listening these last few weeks. This book is quite costly, so you're the deciding factor on whether to pull the trigger. <laughs> that's the
1: most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. Yay or nay. Oh, that
0: also, if and when you get to Harbing- Harbinger, <laughs> I'm interested to see what you have to say. For one of my latest <laughs> Imperious Rex shows, that's the other show. We read a bunch <laughs> of Valiant titles and reviewed them, that being one. Also, this has Opted, as well as Bloodshot, to have a movie made of it, so we'll see. Anyway, keep up the fine work, and if you see my brother, at Dino Nealman observing your rocket-leagging misadventures, call him a coward. <laughs> that's from at Max on Twitter. Uh, thanks, TTTMax. Um personally i I would have been apprehensive to get the omnibus and then I ended up uh, singly buying the collections one by one on Comixology. so I probably would won't buy the omnibus at this point but I think it's well worth the money if you can get the amazon.com pricing of it hint hint uh, it was not in stock when I when I would have could have had a chance to buy it for her read up to the show but I think it's worth personally I don't know about you guys but if you know for 75 bucks for the omnibus I think if, with the enjoyment we got out of it now it's it's I think it's uh, you know controversial or debatable enjoyment but we certainly enjoyed the, the the walk back in time
2: I mean worst case scenario it'll look good
1: on your shelf oh man will it all right excellent I can't comment it because all I hear in my head is now frothing at the dong <laughs> and I'll be thinking of that for the rest of my life. Uh, our next our final letter comes to us from dealer, dear friend of the show Mr. Joel uh, Naito Naito? You know we have an opinion on that? Naito? Uh, uh Hey guys I'm usually a trade kind of guy myself but with Max Landis hopping on board to helma Clark Kent story I thought it'd be a good way to dip my little piggy into monthly comics. Uh, so without further ado, here's my listener lightning round for Superman American Alien, Alien Issue 1. Uh, this young Clark story had me weeping with each Jonathan and son moment. It's as if Landis knew I was a virgin to monthly comics when he pulled back his kimono and got deep in my heart. <laughs> I will say, Joel is the only person... To take the, the listener lightning so round so, so seriously yeah. that he emboldened each sentence and put a dash in front of it so I could denotate with right. the two sentences where hat's off. Oh, he writes here, Editor's note, can Jonesy please insert one of his lightning noises here, please? So... <coughs> oh, <yeah. coughs> uh, Thanks for all you do, Mr. Joel. Uh, P.S. Sorry for the deep comment. I would never in a million years say this on a family show, but since Jonesy did it, well, I mean, if it's good enough for the goose, right? Uh, #Hashtag impressionable. Uh, thanks, Joel, for taking away my my speed or not my, my steam rather with my nut deep jokes.
2: There's man, we we might have just overdone the end deep. I mean, yeah. the jury's still out on whether it's allowed. Show it slide last week. I mean, we did just say it ten times now. I don't know what my editing psyche will be like. who knows if they'll make it let's
1: out. let's all agree that's uh, officially banned for the show. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, you know, we've Joel, you know,
2: it's on you now.
1: <laughs> it's on your head, pal. I will say, Joel, fantastic with boldening those uh sentences. very impressed oh, as yeah. a reader
0: i was Super I was impressed. probably the most organized listener lightning round layout for an email. Mm. I've ever, you know, you know, Gazed It's hard on.
1: for us sometimes to read these letters on, on, you know, on a whim and then try to get the, you know, the grammar right and the inflection right. So whatever help you can give us, we appreciate it. You know?
0: Next time, next, next time, uh, just brain, like open paren, slim can laugh here, close paren, and not read Tez Cruz <laughs> news.
1: Tez Cruz <laughs>
2: Right, because I haven't been paying attention to the show for the last 30 minutes. I've been reading Ted Cruz news. Next week. Mm. Hopefully we've all started right now. Otherwise, Dale doesn't have a chance in hell of reading on time, Uncanny X-Force, book one.
1: I'm going to put money down that Dale invokes the one-week-off clause of our once-per-quarter contract uh, for next week.
0: What do you think I'm going to try to do to get this piece of poop out of my butt? (laughs) Goodbye. Pupe.
1: Pennsylvania, I should have taken the blue route. Jens, what mm-hmm. page
2: are you on? What issue are you on on uh, Canny X-Force? I have
1: not started. I have not started. <sighs> wow. Yeah, which is odd for me because I think at this point. Uh, at this point, you'd be rubbing in our faces. 16 issues we have to read by next Tuesday. God. Or let, let's be honest, next Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> Cause Dale's gonna start reading Tuesday morning. Yeah. Dale, put that gun in your mouth right now, idiot.
0: Idiot. Idiot.
2: Smear. Oh boy. We've got a big night ahead of us. Uh,
1: Rocket League. Of the Xbox
2: on. Oh, gosh.
0: Oh, Turn wow. On. Did you hear did you it? you feel it? Listening
1: audience. It yeah. I just started quivering in my nethers when I heard that. I mean... Xbox, prepare yourself.
2: A few games of us in before bed. Yeah. You know, we all got an early day tomorrow.
1: You have Orange Theory at
2: 2.15 a.m. 2 a.m. class I have. I got to get ready. I should be in bed right now. Oh, my
0: God.
1: I have to ask, yeah. what, what do you think is the most... Uh, rigorous activity you do during orange theory. What do you think you get the most out of?
2: Uh, boy, well, I t- I, if I can be frank, I almost threw up during uh, Monday's session. I had to take a five minute break because I was lightheaded and uh,
1: dry heaving. Mm. I'd say you know it's working. The
2: the yes the last class was actually the rowing machine because the first segment of the last class was running for twenty five minutes. And he had us do sprints for like a minute, and then back to regular pace. And then he upped the incline to like seven percent. We slowly built up the incline to seven percent, and then we we're doing sprints. And then after that, so we had to go do up
1: the seven percent incline.
2: Yeah, wow. And then you had to go do six hundred meters in the rowing machine. And now, I was I, I was kaput after I, that.
1: This is something I have to ask you, and I'm not putting you on the spot, but you're already a thin person. You're in great shape already. Uh, Orange Theory, it, you, are you just trying to up your cardiovascular endurance? Or are you trying to get cut? What is your, I mean, what is, or is it just something that interests you as somebody who's in the fitness?
2: Uh, I My sister wants me to do the, the uh, Spartan Race, which is more physical than me just running three times a week. You know, like climbing up things, crawling, endurance, like physical endurance. I don't think I have any of those things. I don't really have muscle, necessarily. Right. So
1: nope. I want to. Uh, Orange theory that. though is a lot of fat burning, right? So what I mean are you late, are you weightlifting to like build up your stamina? Mm-hmm. There's the third
2: the third portion, like after rowing, we go over and do uh, weights, whether it be ab workouts or you know um, we'll get like a thirty pound weight and do certain drills with that, right? And then, and that 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 repeats for like three or four blocks so like weights could be the other 30 minutes of the class
1: so I mean you might benefit from doing like a creatine or a protein shake beforehand so you, you actually when you build that muscle you have the fuel to kind of do it
2: we yeah. have to wait to get that nutritionist on the horn yeah you let's release third, this episode tonight guest host yeah. I,
1: I, I could do a special paper keg where somebody comes on and explains to us how to live like human beings yeah That might be a
2: a separate offshoot. I'm not sure if the Paper Keg uh, (laughs) listeners
1: prime would want to hear
2: us do a nutritionist episode.
1: Paper Keg, you're doing it wrong. Our new health podcast. (laughs)